0: in uh, Arizona, and uh, this had a picture of uh, two young women on the front of it, and the uh, 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 leading uh, print says, Inmates say jail escape was a breeze. Uh, Perry recaptured after a brief break, and uh, goes on to say less than 24 hours after Tasha Wolf and Darlene August walked out of Estrella Jail wearing wigs and dresses. They were back in stripes. The convicted double murderer and her cellmate had their hair cropped short and were disguised as men with Wolf wearing a mustache when a Phoenix police officer spotted them about 4 a.m. Thursday in a stolen car near 18th Street and Osborne Road. From time to time, we uh, hear of people that break out of jail, they break out of prison. And uh, uh, the difficulty is that they remain free for a relatively short period of time. And the reason for this is that the same mindset, the same character traits, the same life habits uh, that got them in jail or prison in the first place uh, are operative in their life, come to the forefront and the next thing you know, they're back in. Now, think about this for a moment. Because all these two young ladies, they were fairly attractive. All they had to do is to go into the nearest bar and pick up some stupid man and disappear. Right? But no they stole a car and they're driving around at 4 a.m. in the morning when police have nothing more to do than look for stolen cars. (laughs) And they're back in the slammer. Now the same principle holds true in the spiritual realm is that from time to time people break out of the devil's captivity in prison houses. The difficulty is that in a very short time many times they come back into Captivity. Jesus came to set the captives free. He came to break us out of prison, and we can stay out of prison. Thank God for that. Can you say amen? The key to this is deliverance, and I want to use one verse of Scripture, Luke chapter 4, verse 18. Our Lord Jesus Christ says, "...the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me." Because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and uh, or deliverance to the captives, and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. I want to preach on prison break this morning. And the first thing I want to consider with you, if you want... To stay out of prison is you need a deliverance for your mind. It's a very interesting observation. I did a Bible study some time ago, and that Bible study was entitled uh, "Having a Sound Mind in an Insane World," and it was wildly successful. I went to many places to preach. Pastors are telling me I've taken that, adapted it, and uh, I'm, I'm uh, teaching that. And I pondered that, and the reason that that is successful is not any genius that I have, but it's because that people desperately are looking for something that they can have a sound reference point in their minds, uh, and because they have conflict in their minds uh, quite frequently, because the mind is the gateway to the soul. What you and I see What you and I hear, what we contemplate and comprehend is going to determine whether we have liberty and whether we uh, stay free from captivity or whether we go back into captivity. And the Bible talks about us being renewed in the spirit of our mind or getting a deliverance for the mind. In the book of Ephesians chapter 6... Uh, the Bible talks about the Christian ar- uh, armor and it uses a, a terminology about putting on the helmet of salvation. And one translator actually translates that, get a deliverance for the mind. In the book of Hebrews chapter 9, verses 13 and 14, says, But if the, bo- uh, if the blood of bulls and of goats sanctifies the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal Spirit, Offered himself uh, 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 without spot to God, purge your conscience uh, from dead works to serve uh, the living God this morning, if you want to stay free you 're going to have to get a deliverance through your mind and this is very crucial that you understand this in ephesians chapter four twenty three says and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. We had a music group a number of years ago. Uh, that music group uh, sang a song, and I, I don't think it was original to them, but they adapted it probably uh, from a, a worldly song, and it was called Chains. And the words of that went something like this, uh, that uh, they're not the kind that you can see. And so as they began to sing about chains, they were talking about a, a spiritual force that began to bring into captivity and enslave the soul and the heart. And it's in, in the epistles that it talks about chains of darkness. And so here we have to deal with an issue, and that issue has to do with our mind. If we're going to stay free from the devil's power, and if we're going to escape and stay escaped, we're going to have to change our thought pattern many people Uh, get saved. They are wonderfully uh, transformed. God powerfully moves. uh, But one of the things that happens to them is they do not change uh, their thought patterns. uh, And as they don't change their thought patterns, uh, something begins to subtly work, which are invisible chains uh, that the devil brings them under. And their imaginations uh, are not changed. Their fantasy life is not changed. Their memory is not changed. uh, And in 2 Corinthians 10 3 through 5 says for though we walk in the flesh we do not war according to the flesh but the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds uh, casting down imaginations uh, and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience uh, of uh, Jesus Christ you see the devil does not control your mind; you control your mind. Years ago, I preached this in uh, I was passing in Australia. I made that statement. A man came to me, and it was like a light shined out of heaven upon him. He says, "I've never ever thought about that before." And I said, "It's very simple. You can uh, you can put your mind any place you want it to do." Uh, I can I can say to you this this morning: you can take uh, your mind and you can think about digging a ditch, mundane work. Uh, You can put your mind about thinking about that. Or you can put your mind thinking about naked women this morning. Or you can put your mind about thinking about making money. You can do with your mind whatever you want to do. You control your mind. And the difficulty is that in salvation, unless you get a deliverance for your mind, there is a subtle spiritual force that begins to work upon you and that you come back in under uh, enslavement uh, because your thought patterns uh, have not changed. If you're going to escape the devil's prison and you're going to stay free, you're going to have to change. If there's any lasting effect, you have to change your thought patterns uh, in Christ. Jesus Christ... uh, came to set you free. In the book of Hebrews chapter 2 and verse 14 and 15 actually are some very powerful words, and it says these words, think with me for a moment, "...inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, he himself likewise shared in the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is the devil." and release them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Now here, he makes a tremendous allusion to a spiritual principle that I want to leave with you this morning, because the message of the gospel is very simply that you do not any longer have to give your mind to bondage. And he makes a statement here, and that statement is uh, that uh, people who through fear of death uh, are subject all their lifetime under bondage. Now think about that for a moment, and uh, reason with me for a moment. There's not a single person uh, here this morning probably that you woke up this morning and you said, I might die today, I might die today, I might die today, and so all day long you're going to serve the devil. That's not what the issue is. The issue has to do with a far more uh, uh, profound principle, and it has to do with the self-life. That means that you are afraid to die to self. And if you're unwilling to surrender the principle of self uh, Uh, gratification, of self-aggrandizement, of uh, all the principles that have to do with self. uh, And unless you surrender those uh, to the will of God, uh, then you're going to be brought into bondage. uh, And this brings us into the area that we're talking about, the subject of the mind, uh, because through fear of failure, many people are brought under bondage uh, and they uh, are brought into a place uh, of enslavement because they're unwilling to die the death of self. This is the issue... And the mind is the gateway to the soul. And through the imaginations of the mind and the thought patterns and the processes, uh, through fear, through torment, uh, through guilt, uh, through uh, uh, condemnation, through pride, we could go on and on. All these processes uh, flow through the mind. And unless you gain a deliverance for that, you're not going to stay free. You'll be right back in the devil's prison house. In Psalms 101, verse 3, a powerful statement is made. I will set no wicked thing before my eyes. And this is a great statement. comes out of the culture of the day and uh, it uh, pertains particularly to false religion the religion particularly of the Baals uh, had to do with uh, uh, human sex organs uh, that were the prominent part of the images of the entrance to the Baal temples Uh, their their religion, their worship was uh, tied to sexual gratification and so when he says I will set no wicked thing before my eyes, uh, he's saying I will not have anything to do I'll not uh, even be on the Territory where this is because they knew the power of the flesh and the mind, and that the mind given to unclean things you will not stay free. Now today we don't have any Baal temples on every corner. We've got them in in our houses, and they're about thirty-six inches square. So when he says, "I will set no wicked thing before my eyes." He's making a tremendous statement, and that statement is that if you want a deliverance for your mind, you're going to have to change your thought patterns, and your thought patterns are not going to be changed gazing at the tube. Now, isn't that profound this morning? And yet it's very simple, because... Many people are wonderfully touched by God, powerfully delivered, uh, wonderfully cleansed and forgiven, uh, but because they don't change their thought patterns, uh, they feed because the mind is the gateway to the soul, and it's the devil who begins to bring an invisible change back into captivity because the mind is the gateway to the soul. And through fear of death itself, self, uh, many people are brought back into captivity bondage, you have to get a deliverance for your mind. The second thing you need is a deliverance for your heart. I want to draw for you a picture of a creature of the Bible, his name is Leviathan. We get a glimpse of him in uh, uh, Job forty-one thirty-four. says he is a king over all the children of pride. We pick him up again in Isaiah 29 and verse 1, and he's called the piercing serpent. And what we have here is a spiritual creature. This is the working of the devil in the spirit of pride and the working of the devil that comes to pierce the defenses of the will. And this is a picture that is drawn so that the heart is brought into captivity the defenses of the human personality are breached. I often uh, minister to people and uh, I draw a picture for them because the ruling spirit uh, that dominates all your decisions uh, uh, is at the root of this. I counsel people who have been uh, uh, failed God. And I draw them a picture and I say, it's like this. Every time the devil brings you a temptation and uh, you do not... Uh, Uh, make a right decision but you yield to that temptation it's like knocking a brick off of a wall and if you continue to do that uh, then something begins to happen to you you no longer have any defenses uh, but you've opened yourself uh, and there'll come a day when the devil freely moves through in and out of your personality and you perform his will because you have lost the defenses Every time you make a decision, and this is especially important for people who have failed God and backslidden, every time that you make a decision for right, say, no, I'm not going to do that, you put another brick back on the wall, and there will come a time when those things no longer will bother you because you've made a a decision, and those decisions have fortified you, and your inner man or the heart no longer is vulnerable to the processes. Now, what we're dealing with is decision-making abilities uh, being liberated. Here in the text that we have, it talks about the healing of the heart uh, and deliverance to the captives. or so we're looking at a spiritual rescue. This has to do this morning with your will. If you're going to stay free, you're going to have to have a deliverance for your will. And that's very important that you examine this. In 2 Timothy two twenty-five and 26, it says, "...in humility, correcting those who are in opposition, if God perhaps will grant them repentance so that they may know the truth, and that they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will." Or in other words, uh, what we're dealing with is a deliverance so that you choose uh, to surrender your will to the will of God. In the Old Testament, we have a picture of a man. His name is Nebuchadnezzar. He's king of Babylon. He has built one of the most fantastic cities in world history. It contained what historians tell us was the hanging gardens of of Babylon, which is one of the seven wonders uh, of the world. The Bible records that Nebuchadnezzar is up one day on the walls of his city. He's looking over this great city. And I remember he himself has engineered this. He's, he's drawn the resources in. He has designed this. This is a fantastic operation, and historians tell us I think they could race 24 chariots abreast on the top of this wall. This is a fantastic place, and he's walking one day upon the, the walls, of the, and he's looking out over this, and he says, look at this great city which I have built. I, 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 and God just turned us which, and the next thing we know, he's down on his hands and knees uh, eating grass. They stake him out with a chain around his neck, and for seven years, his hair grows like feathers, his uh, fingernails grow like claws, and he's crazy as a pet coon. He's absolutely insane. <laughs> I, I, I. Seven years later, suddenly something happens inside his uh, mind uh, and his will, and rather than I, 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 he changes his song, and he begins to sing, He, 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 (laughs) and God flips the switch again, and his sanity returns to him, and he returns to his position. Now in that, there's a fantastic lesson, because here is a man's will, this man's will once is turned to self-interest. I, I, I. Do you ever hear anybody sing that? Song? I, 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 I. Me, 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 me. I. But suddenly, this man has a change, and he chooses rather to sing the I, I, I. He starts to sing he, 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 he. And God flips the switch and restores him back to his dominion. Because the moment that you choose to surrender your will to the will of God, God will work a miracle in your life. That's why it's so important that you have deliverance for your will and that your heart be healed this morning. See, this is what repentance is. Adam Clark makes a fantastic conclusion, and if you look in his commentary concerning repentance, he gives us the insight that the word repentance comes from the root word after madness. And the reason is because the Hebrews felt that anyone who would not surrender their will to God would have to be insane. And that's why the root word in Adam Clark he gives uh, is, uh, after madness, the root to the word uh, repentance. Jeremiah seventeen nine says, The heart is deceitful above all things uh, and desperately wicked. Who can know it? See, what we have is ingress and egress. This is the issue. Man is a sovereign creature. God has created man with a will... And he has the ability to choose. And what he chooses gives ingress and egress. He either can choose God, and God will not violate man's will. He must choose to serve God and to surrender to God. Or he will choose to serve the devil, and the devil can't violate that sovereignty of his being, and God won't violate it. For the devil to have access to you... It means you must choose. You know, many people have the wrong idea that here they are, they're just walking down the street minding their own business. A big hand reaches out, grabs him, jerks him into the alley, and the devil mugs him and throws him out. They're a mess, foaming at the mouth. That's not true. You have to cooperate with the devil. When he came into the garden with Eve, he didn't say, hey, baby, I've come here to take over. Come here to me. He had to say to them you know what god's really uh he's he's holding out on you and uh you know you know that tree that he said not to eat of if you just eat of that you talk about a high i'm telling you there would be a wonderful blessing if you just eat of that tree and he had to gain her cooperation and when he gained her cooperation he had access to her heart this is the issue You are a sovereign creature. You must choose. But the moment that you choose God, there's a deliverance. And God begins to move in your heart. Uh, Isaiah 49, 25, 26, one of the most fantastic scriptures says, But thus says the Lord, Even the captives of the mighty shall be taken away. And one translator translates that, Even the lawful captives shall be taken away. This means that you this morning may have deliberately uh, turned against God and deliberately been uh, choose uh, uh, to serve the devil and been taken into captivity, but through the redemption of Jesus Christ, thank God, uh, God will take the lawful captives and deliver them if they will choose uh, uh, the Lord. And the prey of the terrible shall be delivered, for I will contend with him who contends with you, and I will save your children. I will feed those who oppress you with their own flesh, and they shall be drunk with their own blood as with sweet wine. All flesh shall know that I, the Lord, am your Savior, and your Redeemer, the Mighty One of Israel. See, salvation uh, this morning is a rescue operation. And if you want to stay out of the devil's prison house, you're going to have to get a deliverance for your heart. That means you choose, and the moment you choose, the Holy Spirit becomes your ally and will set you free. The third thing I want to talk to you about is the deliverance for the flesh. The flesh is the lower nature. This is where the base passions rest, has to do with our our appetites, has to do with our passions, has to do with our lusts. It can be chemical dependency. It might even uh, break down uh, into psychological dependency. It can be drugs or alcohol or cigarettes. It can be all kinds of things. This is our lower nature. This is our flesh. 1948. I enlisted in the United States Air Force. I know that you can't grasp that long ago, but it's true. I didn't enlist because of patriotic reasons. I enlisted because I wanted to eat. I wanted a job. We got $21 a month, three slops and a flop. That was a remuneration. Once a month, we got $21 a month. And $21 doesn't go very far when uh, you're into a dice game or a poker game. I wasn't saved. I smoked. Had a horrible habit of nicotine. Nicotine is a terrible habit. There's a demonic exploitation of the habits of the flesh. And so naturally... Uh, we uh, ran out of cigarettes after about the first three, four days after we got paid because we lost all our money in a crap game. And then you begin to borrow off the geeks. You know, the geeks are the only ones that had cigarettes. You know who these are, those are. These are the the, the wimps, you know, that uh, they, they always had money. <laughs> then when that ran out, you borrowed one dollar for a dollar back hundred percent interest and then when that run out you're out of cigarettes <laughs> and then you enter into a bold new adventure of life and that's hunting snipes you know what a snipe is that's something just long enough to take a toke of uh, it's in an ash tree or a gutter somewhere <laughs> only god knows what was on the other end of that cigarette <laughs> but it doesn't matter you're hooked you're with me? Like a dog. Your eyes dart here and there. You're looking for something long enough to get a just one strong stoke and fill your lungs with nicotine. Here's this creature created by God to rule and to reign on planet Earth and hook like, like a dog looking for a cigarette stub anywhere. That's what the flesh is all about. That's the picture of the flesh. Now, the gospel tells us uh, that there is a deliverance. In Ephesians 2, 1 through 3, says, And you He made alive, who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, Just as others. See, there is a demonic exploitation of the habits of the flesh, but the Bible says that the gospel will give us dominion over the flesh. This is what this verse means when it says, set at liberty them that are bruised or oppressed or them that are downtrodden. And so what we have is the lower nature that there is in Jesus Christ a dominion over that. It's the law of nature that defeats us. In Ephesians 2, 4 through 6, uh, uh, the Bible uh, brings us insight. It says, But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved, and raised us up together and made us sit together in the heavenly places uh, in Christ. This is the promise. This is the work. This is the glorious deliverance and dominion over the flesh by the power of God. But this will take your cooperation, you see. This is not an automatic thing. In Ephesians 4, and 24 says that you put off concerning your former conduct, the old man which grows corrupt according to the deceitful lusts, and that you put on the new man which was created according to God in true righteousness and holiness. Many people are mistaken, and they have the idea that all you have to do is just come to church, carry a big black Bible, and everything's going to happen for you. But you see, I can put this sweater on, and I can take this sweater off like I did when I began to preach because it got hot in here. And you can lay it aside. And he says this picture is exactly what you can do because in God there is a deliverance of the flesh and by the power of the Holy Spirit you can have dominion over but this is going to take your cooperation. not automatic. Galatians 5.24 uh, says, uh, These words, And those who are Christ's have crucified the flesh uh, with its passions and lusts, uh, If we live in the Spirit, let us also walk in the Spirit. Now, when you realize this morning that you are a failure in your flesh, see, many people uh, try to fight uh, uh, the flesh in their own power, but when you realize that you're a failure and you come to a place of understanding, as Paul did, that in my flesh uh, there dwells no good thing, When you come to that realization, and you will bring all your passions, you will bring all your habits, you will bring all your desires to the cross, and there as it it is, you, you lay them at the foot of the cross, something will happen to you, which is called resurrection life. Now, in mythology, they have a picture of a phoenix bird. This phoenix bird rises up out of the ashes of the past and lives anew. But here in the Scripture, we're talking about that's a myth and that's a lie. We're talking about resurrection life. Resurrection life only comes out of a recognition of bringing all that you have to the cross, and as you lay them there, there is a powerful principle which is resurrection life, and that principle of resurrection life moves out of the ashes of your pride and your self-will and brings you a deliverance in Jesus Christ. This is going to hurt you, however, and we don't like that. In America and Canada, we hate sacrifice. Yeah, we don't like to be hurt. We want a painless salvation. Yeah. <laughs> we want a prosperity gospel. Yes. We want happy juice Christianity. <laughs> but you see, this is going to hurt you. Colossians 3.5 says, Therefore put to death your members which are on the earth fornication, Uncleanness, passion, evil desire, and covetousness, which is idolatry. And First Peter 4, 1 says, Therefore, since Christ suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves with the same mind, for he who has suffered in the flesh has seized from sin. How many of you have ever heard of fasting? <laughs> we do fellowship fast. That's the flesh. (laughs) You have a decision to make. You can either say, Shut up, flesh. We're fasting. Or you can yield to the appetites of the flesh. That's your lower nature that dominates and rules you. And there's a spiritual dimension that must be put into place. And that spiritual dimension is that you come bringing an understanding that in your flesh there dwells no good thing, and you surrender that to the cross of Jesus Christ. Many times people are involved in uh, sexual immorality. I want you to know that that's the flesh. And sexual immorality often will bring soul ties that sometimes must be broken. First Corinthians 4, 2 and 3 says that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh for the lusts of men, but for the will of God. For we've spent enough of our past lifetime in doing the will of the Gentiles, uh, when we walked in lewdness, lust, drunkenness, revelries, drinking parties, uh, and abominable, uh, 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 and abominable idolatries. And so here is a principle, uh, and that principle has to do with a deliverance for your flesh. And this is a powerful dimension. Many times uh, I've been astonished in just simply leading people in a simple prayer I've had people who are involved in immorality and just lead them in a simple prayer uh, that I uh, repent of this I cast out lush lust uh, and sexual immorality and seen right before my eyes uh, a glorious principle of deliverance. Their their personality changes, their appearance changes as a wonderful deliverance comes uh, through a simple prayer said uh, by the power of the Holy Spirit uh, with uh, the backing of the precious blood of Jesus Christ uh, because uh, there is a dimension of deliverance. Psalms 32 verse 9, you are my hiding place. You shall preserve me from trouble. You shall surround me with songs of deliverance. There is a deliverance for the flesh, thank God. Amen. But I want to conclude with a note, and that is if you do not pursue this deliverance that God brings to you. You'll be brought back into bondage. Uh, Jesus says, When the unclean spirit is ca- brought, uh, cast out of a man, he walks about in dry places seeking rest, uh, and finding none, he returns to his house from whence he came out and takes seven other spirits with him, and the last state of that man is worse than the first. Now think about these two young ladies. These are fairly attractive young ladies, and knowing human nature uh, like I do, uh, they're in their early 20s. All they would have had to do is go into the Local bar and hook up with some uh, stupid man uh, and say, "Look, I want. I'm looking for a place to spend the night," uh, and they would have disappeared. But no. No, no, they have a mindset, they have a character, they have a a habit of life, uh, and those same habits of life uh, laid back a hold of them, uh, and they go out and steal a car, and are so stupid they drive around on the streets of Phoenix, Arizona, when all the policemen have to do is look for stolen cars, and they're back in the slammer. This is a p- perfect picture of many people who will not follow through on deliverance I want to read a passage of scripture to as I conclude, uh, and this is in second Peter two eighteen through twenty two it says "For when they speak great swelling words of emptiness, they allure through the lust of the flesh, through lewdness the ones who have actually escaped from those who live in error, while they promise them liberty, they themselves are slaves of corruption, for by whom a person is overcome by him also he's brought into bondage." For if after they have escaped the pollutions of the world through the knowledge of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, they are again entangled in them and overcome, the latter end is worse for them than the beginning. For it would have been better for them not to have known the way of righteousness than having known it to turn from the holy commandment delivered to them. But, listen to this, it's happened to them according to the true proverb, a dog returns to his own vomit and a sow having washed to her wallowing in the mire. When I was a boy, I had a little dog. Uh, his, uh, it was a beautiful little dog. He was a 57 varieties Heinz dog. <laughs> he was a mixture of everything. He had a lot of bulldog in him, and he was about this high, and he walked with little legs, and uh, he had little sharp ears, uh, had a bob tail. He was black and white, had beautiful uh, markings. Uh, I just loved that little dog. His name was Old Nick. I used to sleep with him. He was my favorite friend. But old Nick had some bad habits. (laughs) One of these was eating things he ought not to eat. And I've seen him stand before me and vomit up whatever it was he'd eaten. And then before my very eyes... Bend down. <laughs> eat that back yeah. up. <laughs> you glad I shared that with you just before lunch? <laughs> <laughs> this is the picture of the apostle. Isn't that sickening? Yes. To my uh, utter uh, astonishment and uh, repulsion, old Nick would eat back up what he had just vomited up. The Apostle Paul reaches into that bad habit and draws a picture for you and I this morning and says to us, if we do not continue and pursue this deliverance for the mind, deliverance for the heart, the deliverance for the flesh, it's like a dog returned to its vomit and like a sow to its wallowing in the mire. You know, pigs have a peculiar nature. I don't know if you've ever been around a pigsty. You can smell a pigsty... For miles, their 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 bodily excretions go in this mud. They love that mud. You can see them. They're snouts down in there. They're wallowing in it. They eat in it. You can throw vegetables in there for them to eat, and they get right in. And it just it's it's repulsive. It almost makes you vomit to smell as pigsty. And Paul draws that picture out. Says this is a Christian who once delivered once set free, once broken out of the devil's prison, refuses to, does not make a choice for, and does not pursue a deliverance for the mind, the heart, and the flesh, and goes back in under that captivity. I want every head bowed and every eye closed. No one's moving around for the next several moments. Deliverance is a spiritual dynamic released into and on behalf of the human personality that releases them from bondage. They're held captive by spiritual force. I wonder this morning as we're pausing in this place, perhaps the Holy Spirit